Hello, and welcome back to Meeks and Geeks Are Freaks. Shout out. Yes, shout out. Shout out of the episode goes to a very loyal listener, Jordan Simons. Shout out to Jordan. Uh, he was very excited for the podcast to return. And uh, we love the hype. And um, the support, from fans, yes. So. We appreciate the hype. <laughs> um, real quick, before we get started, that's our special guest is blowing her nose. <laughs> hey, man, it's winter time, okay? Everyone's a little stuffed up. We all got up. the runnies, okay? So, <laughs> before we get started, uh, reminder uh, here we go, voice crack. <laughs> we are keeping this thing. This is too funny. Okay. A uh, reminder. reminder that wasn't okay. <laughs> Please send us uh, anecdotes of your of your favorite Christmas traditions, weirdest Christmas traditions. Yes. We want to hear it uh, next holiday Friday. Or, yeah, just holiday traditions. Is what I should have said holiday traditions. Holiday traditions. Absolutely. Anything fun you do for the holiday time. I just I had Christmas in my head because next week, next Friday is Christmas. Christmas. Yes, that is of... the day of the podcast. The podcast will still be coming out on Christmas Day. Cool. Good to know. Yes. <laughs> you guys have nothing <laughs> else to do. <laughs> and that Thanks, was us mom. getting roasted by our mom for not having lives. But that's why I said Christmas. But yeah, any holiday tradition. We're in a pandemic, mom. What else can we do? <laughs> please, I'm really proud of you guys. Please send us your holiday traditions so we yes. can talk about them uh, and say also, good things. Yeah, you can just text us too if you don't want to do the voice message because most of you have our contact info. But if you send the voice message, then we can actually play it on the podcast, since yeah. we can't have anyone in person. So, so uh, send a, hit the voice message button if you want to send an audio message. Um, you have to make, like, an account, but... It's free. You click a button. It's fine. Uh, otherwise, just let us know what your, your favorite or your wackiest holiday tradition is. Anyway, <clears throat> this is part two of a two-part little mini-series with our wonderful mom on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, yes. Talking about her her life. Last week it was the seventies. Now it's the eighties. Eighties week, like the week on Great British Bake Off. After you survive the flaming desserts, the lakes on fire, the, the rusty cigarettes. playground equipment, the candy cigarettes, you've made it to the eighties, and everybody like, rejoices. Now I feel bad for ever complaining about anything in my childhood because, like, you guys it had was great. Rust. It was fabulous. <laughs> You guys had pain. <laughs> it, was, it, it hurt and it was great. But it looked but, cool. Yeah, in the 80s, you were in high school slash college. Um, That's right. And uh, yeah, I most of you, multitude of listeners of Meeks and Keeks are Freaks, probably know some 80s movies, the John Hughes yes. movies, like The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That might not have been John Hughes. But those movies, what do you guys know about the 80s? I've Other watched those most movies. of those movies. Yeah. I've, I've watched... only seen Ferris Bueller I've and watched, Heathers, right? Yeah. It was 80s. Oh, yeah, I've watched Heathers, too. Heathers and was in the 90s. Heathers was, like, Wasn't that 80s? supposed to oh. be, like, taking place it was in supposed the 80s? To, yeah, it was supposed okay. to take place in the 80s if it was in the 90s. Yeah. But, yeah, I watched Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, Say Anything. Is that 80s? <laughs> Score! Um, and I've listened to some of the music. Isn't Legally Blonde supposed to be, like, 80s? I don't recognize it as 80s, but those John Hughes movies and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 100% accurate. 
that was oh, life in the 80s. <laughs> it was not, you know, really made up for the movies. I mean, obviously Ferris Bueller's day is a little idealistic in some ways, but it is how we rolled in the 80s. And the Breakfast Club, very accurate. The sort of different cliques, the different things that the four white kids represented. That <laughs> was definitely um, 80s. And maybe being in Illinois, even though I think that was filmed at New Trier. It was supposed yeah. to be a Chicago suburb kind of thing. But we still kind of felt a kinship with it, even though I was in Southern Illinois. So one of the things you might know about the 80s is it was really well known for fashion. Yes. And what you might not know, though, so you probably know about the big hair that's all I know. That hair took work. <laughs> and the, the shoulder hair. pads yeah. and the parachute pants. Leg warmers? Leg warmers, flashdance. Much of that kind of inspired by the movie Flashdance. And yeah, we wore leg warmers and, you know, uh, cut our t-shirts so that they were kind of, you know, they didn't have hems. They were cut and they hung off your shoulder. And what you might not know as much about, though, was the shoes of the 80s. The so shoes. definitely a lot of high heels, but also these things called jelly shoes. Have you ever heard of those? So basically, all of these shoes were very, very bad for your feet and your <laughs> posture and your bone structure and everything. And so, you know, it wasn't that much time between the 80s and, and the 70s after all. So a lot of unhealthy stuff. And basically putting these plastic gummy shoes on and walking around on them all day. They were oh, called jelly no. shoes. It was a huge thing. And then China flats, which were... You guys know China Flats? I absolutely not. Know. I just like I was looking over your shoulder at the notes you have written yeah. down, and these words made, were all confusing notes. me so much. China <laughs> Flats, where I wore them every day, and they're horrible for your feet. And I don't think Chinese people actually wear them, but they they kind of look like Mary Janes, except just with just made out of cloth. I don't know. And with like Mary a very yeah. so Mary Janes are like well, and I would have our to fashion draw a sense picture. is not great. We're so not. I hope your listeners, people. your multitude of listeners, are. are I hope are you guys have. Right better fashion yeah. sense than yeah. we well, do. Well, when you said jelly shoes, yeah. I just thought of, um, this is so dumb, but there's that kid's movie, Claudia, with a chance of meatballs, and the main guy, like, does spray on shoes, and no. he can never take them oh, off. Oh, yeah. It's a lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were just plasticky, and they bent, but they were not, like, supportive or good for your feet yeah. in any way. So we did a lot of damage. And then there were skinny ties, like the kind of punk look, oh, you know, Devo yeah. and... Um, oh yeah, skinny ties, and then you you turn your collar up, so you had like a starched shirt, like Oxford shirt with the collar up, and then the skinny tie. So fashion really changed between the seventies and the eighties. There was a lot of neon, and the, the MC Hammer pants, the parachute pants. <laughs> Personally not a fan of neon. Yeah, and and so we discussed last time that I'm from Southern Illinois and not whatever that area around st louis that some people think is southern illinois now like down carbondale down down Go terriers so, southern yes. illinois and our high school mascot was the terriers and Ooh. so that meant that the cheerleading outfits actually we, they didn't have terriers on them but they were you know 80s style we had the shoulder pads in our cheerleading outfits and yeah. we had to spell terriers in front of a crowd which is not as easy as it sounds in sharp contrast that's a long us, word our mom was a cheerleader yeah and the, the the i and the e it's easy to get them or the number of r's you know it's confusing when you're yeah, yeah but we did a cheer that was very similar to your c c c h a yeah, yeah. There, every cheer is so like we had c c c a r b b b o n c a r b o n d a l e c c c o m m m n u n c o m m u n i t y T-E-R-R-I-E-R-S, Carbondale Community Terriers. Okay, so anyone who thinks that, yeah, anyone who thinks Champagne Central is hard to spell, try that now. Yeah, 
Yeah. So we had some good cheers. Also, there were like cheers were. So I might be wrong about the the fact that more stuff is sort of censored now, or that <laughs> cheers have to be going. <laughs> <laughs> we had this cheer like leather and lace. The tears are in your face, or something. I, it was about leather and lace, and then there was the go banana go. Appeal your banana and uh, take a bite. Go banana go. Complete with kind of obscene gestures. And I mean, we did this in front of crowds. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't be the only cheers I've yeah. ever heard now are like defense, <laughs> defense. Yeah. Like that's all. Oh, I've heard. But they also do real gymnastics. Yeah, exactly. That guy on the central squad who does real gymnastics. Yeah, he was like, my, we never yes, did he was that. my partner on homecoming yeah. court. Understand that, dude? Yeah, and and there, that's all much more advanced. I mean, we you know maybe did a pyramid now and then, but mostly it was about gyrating around and saying stuff about leather and lace. And then yeah, red birds, dead birds. What? Like you had to really. You know, if you're called the Terriers, you, you've, you've got to slam other teams as much as you can, right? Because you know they're going to say yeah, stuff about you. Because, you know, no, that's right. So, yeah, Redbirds, <laughs> Deadbirds was a big one. So, yeah, and just, you know, going to school then, if really, in all seriousness, if you watch those John Hughes movies, you will get a lot of the flavor of life in the 80s. I think also movies like The Breakfast Club were, were so popular that they also probably influenced the way we acted and influenced mm-hmm. us and they sort of created memes although we didn't call them memes yeah so i was actually i wanted to ask you about that because you always tell me that like you used to have like memes in high yeah, school we never even though you didn't have that. the Just internet yeah but like what people said what's like an example Oh, there was this Valley Speak. Have you guys ever heard of that? Oh, like Valley Girl. Yeah, so totally into the max. And it's not really funny. I was about to say that's annoying, but we like. (laughs) Did you did you like say that to like all the time? Make like kind of like ironically or sometimes it could vary. Like I was about to say like wow that's annoying, but we go around going hello Gabna. Oh, yeah, yeah, the British accent. Like, stuff like that. Stuff still got around. But <laughs> I was thinking before I was, you know, thinking about what to say that, you know, how did we find stuff out without the internet and, and without the usage of phones? You know, you guys basically have these handheld computers. And, of course, we didn't have that. But what we did do, and you kind of did this a little bit at Central, too, outside the band room, but before school every day, you know, we would intentionally get there early, even though, you know, it was earlier than any of us wanted to be up. But we would just get together in the school library or on nice days outside, and we would just hang out for like 30, 45 minutes before school. Because after school, usually you had activities to get to or you had to, you know, leave because the bus was there. So before school was the big time, and the buses were usually early or, you know, you walked or, or got a ride. So that was a big time to sort of hang out. And then a lot of people did talk on the telephone, which, you know, had a cord oh, and everything wow. in the evenings. <laughs> but somehow, cord. yeah, we, we definitely found stuff out. Stuff got around. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like there was a ton of paper floating around either. You just talked and talked on the phone. We did have phone trees. So if you had, you know, a club and you wanted to get information out, you know, the president of That's the club always set up a phone tree. To me. Like, but what? it worked. So, so that the president, like, let's say, you wanted to call a meeting I mean normally you would just make an announcement in class right but if it was something maybe non-school related you know and but it was some kind of club you would have the president wouldn't have to call everybody they would call the vice president and the secretary and then they would each call people so it kind of like looked like a flow chart and you had that for a lot of stuff so that people basically 
didn't have to, you know, one person wouldn't have to call a ton of people because there were also no answering machines. So you didn't have what, what you guys call voice voicemail. Um, we didn't have you that either. You had to like pick up the phone. Everybody picked up the phone all the <laughs> dang time. You never just let the phone That ring. wouldn't work for me. I like yeah. never pick up my phone. No, nor do I anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you, you always picked up the phone, but somehow I don't remember it ringing off the hook, but it definitely was a sound in your life that you don't have now where, you know, the ringing of the phone and there was just one sound that phones made, you know, they didn't have individualized sounds. The ringing of the phone was just part of your life. And I think now that would incredibly annoy me, but, but like I say, they didn't, it didn't ring constantly. And I was never really big on the phone. Um, you know, my sister and I never like fought over phone time or something. Cause of course every family had one phone and you know, one line, you might have multiple little, little phones in your house, but it was one line. So only one person yeah. could be on the phone at a time. And you'd pick up and somebody would be on and you'd accidentally, you know, overhear their conversation <laughs> oh, with yeah. their boyfriend or whatever, you know, that happened all the time. So, but yeah, we found stuff out and, and, and still got stuff done. And, um, mm. but it definitely, the circulation of information, like I think that my generation would have had a ton of fun, like coming up with the ratatousical, like we would have been all over that <laughs> and we couldn't because we didn't have the wonder of the internet. No, I don't want to derail you, but Please I know, don't. I think you and Vicky did prank calls sometimes. Oh, prank calls was a thing like at sleepovers, birthday parties, you know, particularly I, sleepovers. Still kind, it was when it's I was in middle school. school. Yeah. yeah. Like I went to a sleepover middle six, school seven. where prank calling was just all over the place, but. Yeah, you know, no. you call a business and say, is IP freely there? And, you know, then the, the idea was the owner would need to go, IP freely, is IP freely? Here? <laughs> yeah, hearty heart. Uh, but yeah, we did stuff like that. I mean, but also, and this is actually more, again, a 70s vibe, because by the 80s, I was kind of done going to sleepovers mostly. I mean, some in high school, I guess we did. But but when we were younger, you know, the big thing to do at the sleepovers was a seance. <laughs> oh, what? yeah. The seance. I know the story. Yeah, so, so oh, is this all, the light I mean, is it has to be dark. Thing? To be oh, dark. God. And you all sit in a circle. Just, I would not be One person this. lies down, like, oh, what is it, supine, like they're on their back in front of you. <laughs> Y'all might all sit around the person. And ideally, you light a candle or something, but if you're eight, you know, they probably don't want. Oh, well, on the other hand, it was the era of, of setting things on fire. So, anyway, you have <laughs> candlelight or something, and you'd all sit around this person, and you'd each put two fingers under the person who's lying on the floor, and you'd say, light as a feather, stiff as a board light <laughs> as a feather stiff as a board over and over and what and this could go on for a really long time and the person starts you, you're able to actually lift the person so it goes on for a really a long time because they never flow because that's no it always happens they I mean, always it's like the thing in. we did it this with the the clarinet section in marching man where we had one person sit in a chair and you try to lift them up you each have two fingers and you try exactly. to lift them up and it doesn't work but then you like stack your hands on top of their head and then you try it again and it totally works yes this was the like. same principle. And it, the only thing was you all had to take it very, very seriously. Nobody <laughs> could crack up. So that's why it wouldn't work for me. And my sister and Kathy Gregory. Kathy oh, we're, we're Gregory. Dropping names. Kathy up. Gregory. And they always laughed. And so Pidge, who we talked about last time, Nasty. my friend Pidge, she and I took it extremely seriously. And we would boot the laughers out of the room. They would get banished and they could not participate in the seance. But yeah, seances, all that stuff, telling ghost stories like Bloody Mary, you know, these urban legends, like that was a big deal. And mm -hmm. so in the 80s, we all, you know, obviously still knew about this stuff. That's how we bonded with each other. And yeah. You had to be a lot more creative. You know, we also took these school trips in high school. So so Pidge just makes me think we took um, 
you know, trips to things like solo and ensemble and, and ILMEA. Oh my God. Also tiny shout out to everybody who made Allstate. That's really cool. Congratulations. Yep. And I went to ISYM in the eighties, but also (laughs) we still use the same music stand (laughs) that you used in the eighties. Like I I I use that daily in college. And Pidge and I, though, we were on many, many trips together because we did theater and we did speech team. We did all these things. At some point, we wrote a, uh, what was it called? Speech interpreter or something. It was some kind of basically quasi-dramatic performance, but it wasn't really a play. It was like five of us and we were on speech team and it was called something like speech interpreter. And we made it to nationals for this event because, you know, speech team, you compete in different events. There's like extemporaneous speech and there's um, two-man debate and all kinds of things and uh, prose speech. And anyway, there's speech. I don't know these big words. Yeah, if you're on speech team, there's all these things. And Central doesn't have a speech team, does it? They have a debate club. That's unfortunate. Is there a debate club? There is a debate club, I don't want to go. Their entire thing is like argue with each other. I never did two-man debate, but it... Pidged it. It was really fun. I, I lived with a debater like for a while in college. No, but you follow certain rules and it, you yeah. really learn a lot. But anyway, so we wrote this um, performance about immigrants in Southern Illinois. And there were many immigrants from Italy in Southern Illinois. And so we, we, we learned a few phrases of Italian. I remember. Uh, oh, here we go. Buongiorno. And, you know, some other <laughs> phrases. But this was this thing, you know, you've seen like on Saturday Night Live where they do, they make fun of high school theater and they do this. It was like that. So basically, we're, we're, you know, you're all, all five of you are facing forward, and then you very dramatically, you say something all together like, buongiorno, and then you all drop your heads, you know, very dramatically, and you drop your arms. And then one person, you know, starts talking and, you know, speechifies about well, something. yeah, you were like a whole theater kid. Yeah, I was. And, and you got, like, game. the leads and stuff, right? I mean. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I, I was, um, so we had our, our theater director, Ma Boyle. Yep. So theater, you theater the, the teachers are always personalities. Stuff. Yep. And we had this guy who ran lights, Daryl, who was just oh, wasted. Darryl. This is, by the way, again, PSA, don't do drugs, stay in school. Daryl was not, he was marginally in school, but he was always high. And he ran the lights. And so we'd sort of always be running on the stage to try to catch something. Daryl would be like, like you don't you know. appreciate yeah. a light person who isn't high enough until you've like have experience yeah he would boy there'd be this weedy scent coming from the light but yeah so so we did unlike central where you guys are mounting all these uh productions in these broadway show level stuff every year we did one musical a year and i think it was a fall play and a spring play something like that and then but that gave you time because then you could do speech team and you could do other things but uh with the one musical i sometimes I, I think I, for the musical, I was always in the pit, so I always played in the in the pit yeah. orchestra, which was awesome, as we know. So that was really all, all you know, completely the same in the eighties as as now. But when Pidge and I went to Washington D.C. for nationals for the speech interp thing, I mean, that was, I know what was it like three days on a in a van with each other. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and we had a great time, and so those types of things were. Not that different, you know, I would say from from today. But the content of the, you know, sort of quasi-play that we wrote was very different from today because we, it was very clueless, you know, compared to what you would do today. And it was good enough to make it to nationals, but so there were five of us, I think, on this, you know, very dramatic This isn't going to, like, get into the land of 
not politically correct. Oh, it was stuff. totally not politically correct. But I mean, <laughs> knowing that now we would never do this. So one of I, the guys on the team. But like, was are we gonna have to like cut this out? No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm because I'm saying like this is. I'm not bragging about this. Okay, but so Pidge and I wrote everything right. We've we've been writing plays together since uh, since the '70s, and so by the '80s we had really honed the craft. And so one of the the five of us was an African American guy, and we made him be the Haitian immigrant. I mean, it was just. <laughs> like really awful you know we would sort of put him just completely stereotyped him into you know well he couldn't be an italian immigrant right so we were pretty clueless and that type of thing yeah you wouldn't really see that performed thankfully well exactly things are so much so much better now for sure Thank God. but yeah so we 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 wrote we were just writing plays and able to you know pursue our craft uh we wrote all kinds of manifest destiny plays back in in elementary school i'm learning that right now lewis and clark you know she was Lewis, oh. I was Clark. I mean, we were completely, again, it was all about, you know, the great expansion into the West. I mean, we had no sense of, like, you know, colonization or the Trail of Tears or anything like that. We were just like, well, oh, I think Lewis, all of that is you know? so, like, new considering, because I just, like, I mean, I don't remember tons of stuff from, like, kindergarten, but, like, you know, you learn, you know, Thanksgiving is, like, this great moment on, you know, the pilgrims and the Native Americans came together and, you know, yeah. everything is just so, like, mutual and kind. <laughs> and I think we're kind of moving away from that, but that's only started, yeah. like, very well, recently. And, like, changed slowly. I also, I still remember, like, in elementary school, it was, like, Columbus Day, and even maybe in middle school, it's, like, Columbus Day, now it's Indigenous Peoples Day, and it's just, like, right. we're, we're moving. Yeah, for sure. And actually, that's where, in the 80s in general, curricula were much less uh, clued in and, and much less well-informed, but, and I've told this to Naomi and Micah a lot of times, I had a fabulous... U.S. history teacher and also a really great government class. Yeah, and, and you know, it was the 80s, so Reagan was president and the United States was involved. The United States was a bad actor in Central America in the 1980s. We were supporting some dictatorships, and it was all in the name of... Um, weakening the Soviet Union or, you know, it was, it was the Cold War. So that was, you know, the, the, the nominal reason why this was done, but it was really an expansionist uh, policy and, and highly imperialist. And our U.S. history teacher really taught us about this. And it was going on at the time. And so, uh, you know, it was definitely possible to do a more engaged curriculum and also to really learn about contemporary events. Um, just because it was the 80s doesn't necessarily mean it had to be clueless, but mm. a lot of it was. Something that's really different now, I would say, from then in a lot of ways is travel. And obviously during COVID, it's completely over. But, you know, it, it is going to come back and... Um, uh, for sure when when so I took my first trips to Europe in the 1980s I was very lucky and I went to Germany and um mostly Germany and you know when you were over there your only connection back home was an occasional letters and an occasional telephone call and phone calls international calls were really expensive so it was mostly letters and obviously those took some time so basically you were really on your own. I mean, I went with programs and I, I, you know, didn't go completely by myself until uh, college, but nevertheless, you know, you, you weren't immediately connected to other English speakers you or call to your mom if you get stuck on top of the Eiffel Tower. Well, yeah, you could, but <laughs> people have, <laughs> but there's nothing they can do yet. And, and yeah, no, right. And, and you wouldn't have well, a like phone up then, there. Absolutely. Right. Right. No, you, you had landlines and, you know, I would call my parents basically 
to let them know that I was there. Uh, but hey, then I'm in Germany. Point, yeah. And so also, I, I think now from the parental side, you know, you, you, that's hard to imagine because the parents really had to let go. Um, and, you know, when I discovered, and at, at this, now stores are open in Germany seven days a week, but at that time they were closed all day on Sunday. They closed on Saturdays at noon. And, you know, some of us learned the hard way that, you know, there were no stores, so you couldn't get toilet paper between, like, Saturday morning and Monday afternoon, because a lot of stores were closed Monday mornings, too. Yeah, so you learned that stuff, and you couldn't Google it or look it up, so you basically did learn things. I don't think at all that it was better, but you had to figure things out in a way that you probably don't have to figure things out now because now you could also immediately find an English explanation for a lot of what you do. Yeah, like some of my friends have said study abroad has really changed because students, they don't have to engage Mm -hmm. with the language. But if they do, they really need to make an effort, and that's good. Um, They can definitely still learn a ton, but they don't have to figure as much out. Also, when we were like walking around a strange city, you know, you didn't have GPS, so there was no way of knowing where you were. <laughs> so basically, you bumbled around a lot, and you didn't, you know, make set plans necessarily. I still do to that even with GPS. Well, and another fun thing—well, fun. So, fun thing for me about the 1980s was that the the so it was the Cold War that in and of itself was not really fun, but there was. Uh, there were still two Germanys. So I'm sure that all your multitude of listeners know that after World War II, which ended in 1945, Germany was split up into four parts by the Allies. The Soviet Union took the eastern part. So that became East Germany. So you had the country of East Germany and the country of West Germany. And then they reunified in 1990. And trust me, no one saw that coming. No one thought that was going to happen. Now, of course, we just know Germany. But so in, in, in my day, there were two. And so I went to West Germany after I graduated from college, I spent a year, so this was still in the 80s, I spent a year teaching English in a West German high school. And during that year, I did travel. Oh, and I went before that, too. I went uh, when I was still in college. I also went to West Germany, and I traveled to East Germany. And, um, you know, that was a trip. So I basically went behind the Iron Curtain and... Um, you know, you, you you basically don't have that experience now. I really don't think you should go to North Korea. It's also extremely difficult to do that. It was moderately easier to get into East Germany, especially from West Germany. And um, but you know, with an American passport, you were in no way welcome. And uh, that was that was a hostile day, but um, but it was exciting. And that, so I spent a day basically hanging out in East Berlin. But I also took the train from. West Germany, where I was staying for one summer, and then I went again uh, when I was there for a year. And I took the train from West Germany to Berlin, which I don't have a map to show you all, multitude of listeners, but Berlin is in is right in the middle of what used to be East Germany. But Berlin, as, as the capital of, uh, of East Germany, it was divided into four parts. So part of it mm. was occupied by the United States, England, and the French. So Berlin was divided into West Berlin and East Berlin. So in the middle of East Germany, this communist country, basically a satellite of the Soviet Union, you had a Western city. You had West Berlin, which was fully Western. And so so you could take the train from West Germany to West Berlin 
it did not stop. It stopped at the border for a really long time. But you basically took the train through East Germany, no stops allowed, and then you would get to uh, to West Berlin that way. And at the border, and I took the all-night train for some reason, and at the border they brought in the big German shepherds and they brought in the flashlights and shone flashlight in your face and, you know, looked at your passport and the whole bit um, because you were entering uh, this country behind the Iron Curtain. But, of course, we were going to West Berlin. But then from West Berlin, I walked into East Berlin. Of course, I had to go through a checkpoint. I got x-rayed, you know a bunch and uh, mm-hmm. interrogated and all kinds of stuff. And so, yeah, that's an experience you could have in the 80s that you can't have now. Because, like, those countries that are more closed off now, like North Korea and what am I thinking? Like, is it Albania? I don't even know. But countries, know. you know, or countries where you really kind of, that you really shouldn't go. And, and then it wasn't easy to go, but, you know, the United States government wasn't saying, you know, we recommend that citizens not go. They were just like, you know, uh, you didn't need to have a mind. Well, it's kind of every country you. with us now. With us <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody Don't wants travel, to. Don't travel, guys. Yeah. But, I mean, that was, that was like totally fascinating. So, yeah. I mean, and you, you have a piece of the Berlin Wall, right? I do. And I even got it myself. And it's probably full of asbestos and all kinds of crap. But, yes. Yeah, so it's Ber- like Berlin. I mean, ima- this is incredible and crazy to imagine. But the city was divided. So you had a wall going through the city. And really... You know, friends, what we've learned is walls don't stay up. I mean, at some point, again, I didn't see it as something that was temporary because it had been there my whole life. But the Berlin Wall went up in 1962, I want to say, and then, you know, came down in 1989. I mean, that's a whole story in and of itself, but it was partly by accident. I mean, it's just insane. Um, That fall, East Germans had been demonstrating and saying, we want the freedom to travel. We want to be able to leave East Germany periodically and uh, go to the West and come back. And they were demonstrating, and there were, you know, these these peaceful revolutions all over Eastern Europe. And um, on the night of, was it November 9th, um, basically, these people congregated at the Berlin Wall and started to say, let us, let us go to the other side. And the East German guards didn't really know what to do, and there were no Soviet tanks or uh, East German army there. I mean, there were lots of, lots of guards, but basically... People didn't really know what to do, and so uh, they, they, they let the East Germans through, and then the wall started to come down, and people started to, to hack at it. And so, yeah, you had a Western wall and an Eastern wall, and they were, they were, they were set up in the middle of, of Berlin, and then you had a barbed wire fence that went but on the border between East and West Germany. And, you know, with a no man's land, you had like two, two uh, fences with a no man's land in between and guard towers. And, you know, people, people got killed trying to leave uh, East Germany for West Germany um, fairly regularly. And so these guard towers were, were there. And I went on a tour once where we, we went and saw them and these guards were taking pictures of us from the tower. And yeah. And in, in the, in Berlin, then when, uh, when uh, the wall came down, really, we, we went and just, uh, started chiseling at it with hammers you know not really thinking that people might want this wall as a museum piece or pieces of it Um, just you know it was just all about like bringing it down but pieces of it were saved and they are in museums all over the world now so yeah everybody get your insane idea of building a wall like that's gonna keep you know uh um two countries or countries that really always historically saw themselves as belonging together uh, but but yeah, in hindsight, it looks crazy that for forty years yeah. there were two Germanys. That's not kind of a historical episode. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn that into a history lesson. No. But I mean, there's you know more that could be said. Any, any also, other... a lot of history is an accident, man. Another, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> any, any last wrap-up thoughts about the 1980s? Oh, gosh. I mean, just, you know, it was, it was, the music was great. Didn't really even talk about that. But I think that from, you know, Duran Duran, David Bowie, although people say his 80s stuff wasn't his best, it was excellent. Uh, <laughs> MC Hammer, already mentioned, known for the Hammer Pants. Um, just fabulous music in the 80s. And, uh you know, amazing uh, fashions that, uh, you know, the shoulder pads that just made you. So the idea was to be like really broad on top and like a toothpick at the bottom. You, you needed to Upside look like a down triangle. ice cream. <laughs> yeah, or a triangle. Right side up ice cream. Yeah. Wow. Well, and then the big hair kind of let added to that being big on top and, and toothpicky at the bottom. Kind of wacko. That was Everyone the idea. Just looked like football players. Yeah, in jelly shoes. What's uh, what's moral of the story? Don't wear walls jelly don't shoes. work. Don't wear yeah, jelly walls shoes. definitely don't work. Uh, Mexico's not gonna pay. <laughs> <laughs> and well, yeah, and just if you if you want to learn more about the 1980s, you really could uh, you know read some history books, and 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 uh, you also could just watch John Hughes movies. Score. Yep. History on True. Netflix. Well, no, I don't know if his movies are on Netflix, but Ferris Bueller is. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, Bueller. Bueller. I still say anyone. that in class when I teach class. So I say anyone. Procedure. Anyone. And, you know, some people laugh, but, like, yeah, I laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I do. <laughs> well, thank you for this little mini-series. Oh, thank this you for fun. having me. I think yes. next week, or maybe not next week because of holiday special, um, but at some point we want to talk about 2000s, 2010s childhood, maybe compare, but. Yeah, it could be fun, but um, shall I? Shall I say? Say it. it. Ciao for now.